Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 16th episode of Believe in the Long Run Podcast. I'm your host, Dominic Santina, and while we've had a spree of many different guests join our podcast over these last few weeks, and I think everyone that's been going on, we've kind of hit a road bump with finding guests, and I've been really busy lately, and things have just been a little crazy, so I'm going to continue to try to get guests on the podcast. My hope is that next week we'll have one. But this week we're gonna we're gonna have an interesting podcast. It's gonna be a little bit of a mix of different things, some things going on in the world, some things that I think in hindsight now probably would have been good to talk about early on when we got into this. But the coronavirus and things going on in the world really slowed down where we were going with the podcast, and it kind of changed the focus of what how we started the podcast. I went from talking, I mean, when I started, I started right as the U.S. Olympic trials took place. So we talked about that, and then we moved into the virus, and we had some breaking news develop while all that was going on. So there was important issues that involved the running community that took place right as we started the podcast, which we needed to talk about and I thought were important for long-distance running fans. But, and then we got into the virus and things got shut down and there wasn't much to talk about. So we got into our now, I believe, close to maybe 10 weeks. I don't remember exactly how many episodes we've had with guests. It might be over 10 weeks. I'd have to go back and look. But we got into a role of having guests on the show, which I really do like and I really do enjoy and I want to continue that trend. But I want to kind of go back a little bit. And some of this podcast is also going to talk about the fact of just basic stuff that maybe if you're a first-time long-distance runner or just breaking into long-distance running, especially now with people that have kind of, we've seen a little bit of a boom with running since the virus hit and people trying to get out there and get active. So for some of you maybe that are just getting into running and not knowing a lot, we're going to cater this episode more towards you and kind of help you figure some stuff out and talk about some beginning stuff that maybe you didn't know about. So, we're going to get started with our 16th episode. Like we do every episode, we want to hit our social media. You can find us at Believe in the Long Run on Instagram and the Long Run 5 on Twitter. Be sure to give it a like, a share, and a follow. While you're there, also feel free to send any comments our way, whether that's a suggestion for what you want to hear on the show, a question you may have about long-distance running, maybe it's training, maybe it's a gear, maybe it's questions you have about races, who knows, whatever it might be, feel free to shoot them our way, and we'll get you featured here on the podcast. Still looking for that real first question or comment so we can get you on the podcast. Looking for some viewership interaction. Then also, feel free to go back, check out some of the guests we've had here on our episodes previously. You can find all of our podcast episodes on Believe.com, but you can also find them on any of your favorite social media or 
any of your favorite podcast platforms such as Google Play, Apple iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher are where we are located. Now, I know we've been talking a lot about lately the virtual races because just where we are in the country right now, we are all running virtual races, no real races getting set. There is potential and maybe now, maybe a little bit of light. We'll have to see how things go as the country starts to reopen and more people are allowed to gather together to see if we'll get some races maybe in this fall. It's all going to be a wait and see kind of situation. I know I saw this morning that some states are seeing a new spike in cases, so we'll just have to see how it goes. But still got my fingers crossed that we can maybe get the New York Marathon in to have some exciting running events here in this fall. I did see also this morning one of our former guests on the show who is now married, Leah O'Connor, was saying that she is hearing rumors that there might be a chance for her to run a couple races this fall. So they've been ramping up some training and getting ready for the potential possibility of getting some races in this fall. So that would be exciting. Nonetheless, we at least have what seems like, fingers crossed, the cross-country season coming upon us here soon. We're already almost halfway through the year. Even though we've been in lockdown and not much going on, doesn't mean the year is going by any slower so definitely looking forward to the cross-country season i know here in michigan the high school cross-country season kicks off in about two months and the college season will be right behind that one so looking forward to that things looking up that we're gonna have those at least that on tap but if you're looking for things to do, remember virtualrunningevents.com features tons of virtual races that you can go there and sign up, stay motivated, and find races to go to. I know there are there's a local race, the Charlevoix Marathon, that's pretty popular up here that has gone virtual. That's supposed to be at the end of the month. It was towards the end of June that has now gone virtual. I've signed up for a virtual race that supports my high school cross-country team, which I kind of promoted last week. Not going to do it this week, but find your virtual race that fits you and go out there and do it. How about last week, guys? I released it last Wednesday, the podcast, but, and I apologize, I really, really apologize about this one. I was still trying to figure out if we could get a guest on, if what to really talk about if we can't and things have been busy and got sidetracked with different things I'm trying to do and so this podcast is later than normal I apologize we will we got one up and we'll try to get back on track next week I apologize and thank you for staying with us this week so but last Wednesday it was global running day I don't know if any of you participated in that I was dealing with some injuries or some calf tightness so I unfortunately did not but curious to see and this could be a good question and answer session or not question and answer session but get some good feedback from our listeners who participated in the global running day maybe we'll figure out how to put a poll up or something on our social media to get some fan interaction I think that's what we'll do we'll do a good job look out for that we'll look for a poll or a question and 
kind of Q&A of Global Running Day 2020. What did you do? I know it's a little late, but now that we're bringing the podcast out, we'll talk about it maybe next week and see if we get anybody back on it. But what did you do? Did you participate in Global Running Day 2020? Like I said, this podcast is going to be a little bit all over the place. We're going to talk about some of the things that are going on in the country right now and how people in running have had an impact on that or made a difference. And then we're going to talk about some gear and things that can help you with your training and running. So the first thing that I saw, and I don't really want to make this This isn't a news podcast, this isn't a current events podcast, but there are a few things that relate to what's going on in the country and kind of around the world right now in some capacity that running has either found a connection to or has had an impact on. And I want to bring to light those stories more than what's really going on in the world right now. Not... I will say there are some things that are going on that are really great and really pushing for change that I think is needed. I think there's some things that are going on in the country that are not so great. Mostly the riots and the Antifa situation going on. We're not going to get into that. I'm not going to make this political. I'm not going to make this my thoughts on the situation. Like I said, this is strictly a running podcast and we're going to focus on that and with that being said most of you that are listening either in the country or around the world know the situation going on in the United States and the push to eliminate racism which I think is an absolute need not only in the country but around the world and I saw a tweet it was by Scott Richardson and Flowtrack shared this and I cannot agree with this any Stronger. It says politicians, administrators, the NCAA, and people in general need to take a closer look at the sport of track and field. Take notice how it brings men and women of all colors and nationalities together to work in harmony with each other. No sport is more diverse regarding gender and race. 110,000% agree with this one. You know, I look back on my track career in cross country for that matter i mean you look at the sport and i think they mentioned track more because you look at relays and things of that nature but i mean if you've ran cross country or track you know that it's a family and it doesn't matter what race what gender you are everyone is there to support each other and you're part of the team and For a relay, you can't win a relay by yourself. You have to have three other members of that team to help you push past the finish line and to beat other teams, and that's what it takes in order to to win those races. And, you know, you're a team member. You're, You're part of my family, especially when you put in those hard workouts together and practice every day together, work on your handoffs, work on your sprints, whatever it takes. And the same thing with cross country. You know, you have at least five people that you need. You can win a cross country race by yourself, but the satisfaction of winning it by yourself is not as great as your team bringing home the overall win. And you need at least four other people to score. You need six other people to have a decent chance of winning. And you need more than that to have a great chance of winning. And 
when you spend, I mean, on the collegiate level, over an hour a day, probably realistically two to three hours a day with each other. Plus, I mean, my cross-country teams, we hung out all the time, whether it was after practice, before practice, in between classes. You are a family. You're together. And so it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't matter. Some of my best friends were on the girls' team. It doesn't make a difference to... Me, or I feel like most lacrosse country, I, you know, I'd say runners in general. It's a sport that's tough, it's challenging, and it's more fun when you have people that you can enjoy it with. And I think running is a unique sport where it doesn't matter what race or gender you are. And I think that tweet really hits on it, and I think it makes a really good point. And I think... Everyone does need to look at that sport and use it as an example. Now, it is a mental a mental aspect to it as well because you can take that sport, but if people have those bad racist or sexist thoughts or beliefs, then it's not going to change it. But everyone does need to kind of look at the aspect of track and field and cross country. And run. you can even say running in general if you want to. And look at how inclusive they are and and try to take that some aspect of that and move it to their daily life and the rest of the world for sure moving on with the whole injustice and racial injustice there was a article i found and it talks about some of the sports some of the companies in the sport of running athletes and others that have talked about racial injustice and how to go about it. So there's this article that I found that really talks about racial injustice. And it was on the Women's Running website. There's a couple good websites that you can look at. Running World, but Running World is really starting to chart or make you sign up for an account to use their webpage. So I'm kind of shying away from Running World a little bit, but Women's Running, which it's got women in it, and it talks a lot about women's things for women, but it's not all women-focused. There's a good article talking about racial injustice with a couple of men, and they talk about how the companies in the running industry dealt with this police brutality issue and racial injustice and how they all made statements and how they the... Two men agreed that that was a step forward, but that there still needs to be change in the boardroom and there needs to be more diversity in these companies. And then they go on to talk about uh, Aubrey and the killing there and running and how that affects them and how they are going to, you know, how they've ran for years and how different that is. And talks about mental health issues and a whole bunch of different things. And how we can try to include racial diversity and how it's a like a stigma for their mental health and different things. It's a good article, honestly. It talks about different things and how they feel on the subject and what they can do to change it. But it it's good to read. So if you go to Women's Health, the article is called, it's got a pretty long title, but it's Black Leaders in the Running Community Talk About Brands, Mental Health, Safety, and More, as I kind of just outlined but they talk about that. They talk about one thing that I really thought was interesting is one of the men that 
is talking in the article and answers a lot of the questions is Rashawn Rogers. And so in the article, it's Rashawn Rogers, Matt Green, and Amir Figueroa. And they were on Instagram Live talking about running and their personal experiences and leaders in their communities. And like I said, they talk about the whole Amid Aubrey thing, who was a 25-year-old from Georgia who was shot and chased down by two white men because they were afraid that he was going to do something. And so just an innocent runner. I know I ran a couple miles. There's a whole Honor Aubrey thing or Aubrey thing with running. You ran it like two miles or 2.3 miles. I don't remember exactly what it was. But to honor him. But the one thing that I really liked about this article, and it's the last question in the article, and Rogers answers the question. And it talks about when he got his start in running and the fact that his dad got him into running when he was running 5Ks and stuff when he was a kid. And he said that there was no really no racial diversity at all in running when he got into it. But over the years, he's really seen, not that it's... Um, big change in percentage but he said that there's definitely been more racial diversity in road races and running and he said you still look at the 2020 New York City Marathon or the U.S. Olympic Trials excuse me it was reported by the New York Times and when you look at the U.S. Olympic Trials in an article recorded by the New York Times 92 percent of the runners were Caucasian but he said it's a good stepping stone and a good sh sign of progress that there is some racial diversity in the Olympic trials and that we're starting to take steps forward. And that's a big thing too, is it's not just going to change instantly. It's going to take time to change, but we got to make those steps to start to do that. And I think, like I mentioned earlier, running can really help in that way. And you got to look at how they include everybody and how much of a family it is and Use that to move on going forward. So there's racial diversity issues going on in the country that's tearing half the country apart. The other half that we've been going on with for a long time is, well, it seems like a long time now, back to March, beginning of April, is the coronavirus. And like I said, I'm not going to get into this a lot too, but I do want to shine a couple lights into a couple things that maybe you haven't heard of or didn't know about. And the first one is a running group. The article is called, It Started as a Running Group. Now it's a Frontline Support Team. The two members of Mama Docs Run This Facebook group shared how the members are providing support during challenging times. So this story on women's running is about how there's this running group, as I mentioned, called Mama Docs Run This. And it talks about how originally... The Facebook group was for women who are doctors, run, and try to raise a family. And so they're trying to, you know, just be there and support each other. And then it talks about how eventually it turned into, when the virus hit, a support network 
for the frontline workers and cheering each other on through the virus and exchanging information and encouragement and stuff like that. And so the article kind of has a Q&A with two doctors. One, Dr. Alvarez, which is a rehab medical director at Metropolitan Methodist Hospital in San Antonio, Texas. And Dr. Johnson, private practice physician in Tona, New York. Hopefully I'm saying that right. But it just talks about how their work's changed during the pandemic, what they've experienced in the last couple months. The big one that I kind of like to talk like to read is how has the group helped you cope during the time? How have they come together during the endurance sports and how does that all play a role? So it's a good kind of Q&A and you know Props to our frontline workers. They're working overtime trying to deal with the virus and run on top of it. So it's kind of just, like I said, shining some light on some people that are trying to do good things amid all the things that are going on right now. And this Mama Docs runs this Facebook group is definitely doing that. Another story that I saw that deals with the virus is it's called Athletes with Disabilities Face Unique Challenges During COVID-19 Restrictions. Disabled runners find ways to navigate social distancing and heightened health concerns during the COVID-19 outbreak. So this article might be my favorite article out of all the ones we've talked about so far here in this podcast. This one talks about how the disabled people are struggling to get out and run because they are more susceptible to the virus and things like, for instance, there's one of them that they talk about she's blind and so she can't get out and feel safe to go run because she can't judge the social distancing rules and she doesn't feel safe with going out there and staying closer than six feet to people so it just talks about their struggles and how they're trying to cope with them like I know one of them is trying to do I think it was the same one she's doing walks with her dogs and then she's doing sprints in her hallways and so it's just a kind of a cool thing to, it brings light to another perspective that we never really thought about. And I think it's a really good article, a really good read. It's pretty short, but it just kind of talks about different people who are having trouble, but trying to keep in shape and do things even with the virus going on. And so if you want to go read it, it's called Athletes with Disabilities Facing Unique Challenges During COVID-19 Restrictions, like I said, and it's on the women's running page and under the people tab and just so there's just a few things that I thought were really interesting and kind of bringing light to people that are doing things or trying to help with things or finding interesting ways to do stuff I know we talked about world records being broken a couple weeks ago we talked about the wheelchair races the virtual wheelchair races that were set up during the Boston Marathon and So I thought it was just kind of a cool thing to find a couple more stories that focus on people either overcoming things or trying to promote things that can really help the country and and bring some inspiration a little bit. So just a few stories there that I thought were cool. Now, I said that we are going to help some of you that are, that may be new into running. And number one thing to kind of do is find your shoe in a lot of people, like for me, I like running shoes, but I like a shoe that's kind of a trail shoe. And here's a kind of a tip guide, once again, by 
Women's Running, you can check it out more, but it kind of guides you on how to find the shoe for you, and it says a style for every surface. The best pair of trail running shoes for you, you need to consider what kind of terrain surface you might be running on and narrow down your options for you. So there's the road to trail shoes that are similar to road running shoes with slightly enhanced outsole traction, the jack of all trades trail shoes that can handle most types of services pretty well, technical trail running shoes with specific features and protection for more rugged terrain, and shoes designed for wet, sloppy, and soft terrain. Now, this is for like extreme trail running. So if you're in the backwoods climbing mountains and hills and really going off-road running, then that's what they're talking about. Now for me, I go with the road to, I would go more with the road to trail shoe because I don't really have a lot of rocky, uneven surfaces that I run on. I either run on roads or like when I was in college we had a gravel trail that we would run on. So it was pretty flat, pretty even, but it was a trail that we ran on. Now of course you always want to check out the fit and size and traction. So when you're running on these trails you want to make sure you have good traction and kind of see what they're made of. Like I said you can go out and look at this website more but it says you know sticky rubber compound it talks about the vibram meta grip so it talks about grip cushioning protection now these are all things that you really need to take into consideration not only for trail running but just for running in general you want to make sure that you have a shoe that's going to do what you want to do now like i said if you're going to go deep into rocky uneven territory and do real trail running then you want to make sure you have a trail shoe. If you're going to be running on the roads, you want to have a road running shoe. If you're going to be in a mixture, like I said, you want to find somewhere between what I wear, which is the trail slash road kind of combination. Now you want to make sure it has good support and you want to make sure it has good cushioning. Now it's all going to depend on what you feel is comfortable. I know I like some good cushioning in my heel because it just feels comfortable to me. And you want to make sure your soles have a good fit. And you want to make sure, of course, the size is right. You don't want a shoe that's too big or too small. If anything, you want to lean towards it being just a touch bigger because your foot is going to expand when you run. So let's say, for me, I have big feet. So I, when I run, I use the Brooks Ghost whatever, so I think it's the Ghost 12 right now, or maybe 13 is what I have. Depend Now, for a while, I had been using the 12 and a half because that's what was comfortable to me. The 13s were too big, 12s too small, and there was just a little bit of room for my feet to expand but not be too big and not too tight at the same time. Now, the last pair I bought were size 13s because from what I've been told, the sizes were a little bit tighter this time. So I got the 13s. I love the brick shoe. This is another poll that we'll probably put up. We'll put one up this weekend and we'll put one up beginning of next week. So we'll put one up. Maybe we'll put one up as the podcast airs so that we have some time. We'll let it be up for two to three days and then we'll put up one, I want to know what shoes you guys prefer. We talk about running, you know, finding the right shoe and what's comfortable for you. And, you know, this was more focused on information on trail running shoes, but road running shoes are good too. I am a big fan of Brooks. I've been since I made the transition to college. 
when I was in high school, I really didn't. I just went with whatever I could find at the local store. But my dad made a good point that if I'm going to do serious training and really get into running, that I need a shoe that can provide me the support and and comfort that I need. So we went to, we don't have rural area up here in northern Michigan. We don't have any running stores close to me. So we made an hour and a half drive to the closest running store and went down there and got fitted and found the appropriate running shoes that I think would would work and I've been a Brooks fan ever ever since I originally had a different pair of Brooks but I got some tendonitis issues and I think I put too many miles ultimately on the pair of shoes is what really led to it and that's how I got tendonitis because they were all wore out but I then made the switch to Brooks Ghost and I've been in love with them ever since I have tried another pair or two but I've ultimately always came back to the Brooks Ghost so Interesting. This, I'm interested to see what pairs you guys wear and what, what brand you guys go with. So we'll try to put a poll up about that as well. Here we go. While I was on the topic, I actually found this article, and we're going to talk about it. It's five new bouncy road running shoes. So we were talking about the trail running shoes and what you're looking for, but here's five new road running shoes, and... They may be trying to look. These may be all right. So I was worried that these might be women's shoes only, but I did some research. They are all male shoes. They are male and female shoes. So we'll briefly go through these. You can go on to women's running and find them more. But the first shoe is the Asics Gel Nimbus Light. It says it's at a glance is durable, cushioning, and a lightweight, comfortable, and performance-oriented. Vehicle. So the overall consensus on the shoe is that it's pretty comfortable, it's soft, smooth, and flexible, and it said that the heel-to-toe transition was seamless, and so it made a lot of people want to run extra miles on their run. It also said the shoe is true to size, but the forefoot isn't wide enough to allow for full toe splay. So kind of what I was saying, you want to make sure that your toes have room and that you can have room for your foot to expand a little bit. They are $150, and they are 8.6 ounces. That's I had the weight in there because, to me, I want I like a light shoe, so the weight does play a factor in my decision, which I like that over the years, the I don't know if I've become accustomed to it, but I believe the ghosts have dropped in weight a little bit too as well, which is very... A very good thing for me and something that I really approve of. So the next shoe is the Puma Speed Sutamia. And this one not having the best reviews. It has a plastic plate in the middle of its heel. And it said that it, or in the midsole I should say. And it said that it helps you get up on your feet faster. But it's not that great of shoe for the transition. And it felt a little weird. It says better for up-tempo running. And the at, at a glance says that light shoe for light distances and light runners doing speed work or fitness and fashion. Not really a long-distance running shoe. And they said that it, they've kind of made it more like a fitness shoe instead of a running shoe. It says it doesn't have enough cushioning for middle weight, middle or heavyweight runners or for comfort over runs longer than a 10k. So you wouldn't want to run it more than 6 miles. It's 8.5 ounces and it costs $100. So 
you might be getting that's might be that might be what you get for the price you pay. Most top running shoes are around a hundred and thirty, maybe on sale to about a hundred and fifty dollars is where you're gonna pay for a new pair. The next pair is the Topo Athletic Zypher. At a glance, natural running geometry gets a little boost and stability to go the distance quickly. So the Zypher has some very intriguing comments, but a little bit of back and forth on it as well. The thing that I think is very interesting is there's a 5mm drop between the 28mm heel and the 23mm forefoot. So it's already putting you 5mm on your toe. Then it's got a midsole that's stabilizing plate to contain forefoot motion and boost propulsion. They said that the success of the shoe could be contributed to the fact that it's got a wide toe box and high rebounding material in the midsole. But they said it's comfortable for as far runs as 50k. But they said that the performance was, they don't know if the plate helped or inhibited the performance but at times it felt stable and fast. Now the thing I like about this is $130 right in the price range that we were talking about. But it is 7.4 ounces. And when you're doing some long distance running, like I said, you want a shoe that's a little lighter because when you add, I mean we look at 8.6, 8.4. So this is a whole ounce lighter. And imagine doing that for carrying that extra ounce for, I mean, 50K is 30 miles. So an ounce, you know, for an extra ounce for 30 miles doesn't seem like a lot, but it can weigh on you for sure. We have two more shoes. We have the Newton Gravity 9. It says, at a glance, four-foot encouragement from a super light, lightweight, race-compatible speedster. So this sounds intriguing. So what I like about what I've read about this Newton Gravity 9 is it's very lightweight. The they have flat laces, and it said it's for people that run on their forefoot more than on uh, than heel strikers. It said heel strikers really don't like this shoe. Forefront runners do, and it's made for tempo work or racing. So this isn't really a long distance shoe. It's more for racing situations. So if you're doing like a long distance race on the track, or maybe you just want a different shoe. Not to train in, but to race in. This one would be more up your alley. It's 7.2 ounces, which I really like, and it's $175. So a little bit more pricier than some of the other shoes that we have been talking about, but light the lightest one yet. So the, like I said, these are a few shoes. Not saying these are the best ones, but a few new shoes that came out just a little bit ago that they were profiling, and I thought would be kind of cool to talk about. Give you some options for some runs and kind of give you an idea of what we're talking about and how to kind of look at new shoes if you're looking into getting into long distance running. Our last one is from a familiar company. It's the Under Armour Hover Mach Hoover Machina. It says, at a glance, comfort of the long one with a flowing and energetic package complete with real-time coaching connectedness. So this one had overwhelming the analysis from the testers that they really liked this one. They weren't impressed with the colors, but they said the two-pronged carbon-filled propulsion plate made it for quick transition from to the forefoot and toe-off comfort and pop in the midsole. 
And the foam they call Hoover is resilient and durable. They also like the fact that it connected to map their run for the tracking of their runs and cadence and the tie-in with the UA Forms coaching app. Very, a very positive review of the shoe. The one thing that I'm a little leery on is it's 8.7 ounces. It's got a price tag of $150. The $150 doesn't bother me much, but the fact that it is the heaviest shoe that we have talked about out of these fives does make me a little bit more weary, but it's also one of the most named brand shoes that we have talked about with it coming from the Under Armour brand so far in the podcast. So I hope that you guys kind of took something out of this. We talked briefly about things that are going on in the world. I really hope you guys kind of tuned into the talk about the shoes. It can help you kind of figure out what you want to do, some ideas of things. Like I said, I'd like to know what shoes you guys use to kind of get an aspect of what's going on. But we're going to move on to our cooldown and... We're on to rule number 11 of the 25 golden rules. This one's the carb rule. And it is, carbo loading becomes a marathon's mantra after Scandinavian studies in the 1967 suggested cramming down carbs following a period of carb depletion produces supercharged athletes. Experts now say simply emphasizing carbs a few days before a race over two hours works just as well. You want to refuel regularly on the time before your muscles become fully depleted. Try to consume 30 to 60 grams every hour depending on your intensity and also body size. The exception during regular training or before a short race, don't stress about consuming extra carbs. Just be sure to regularly top your energy stores during the day with good good for you carbs sources such as whole grains, fruits, and starchy vegetables. Many people close to me know that I'm a big fan of pasta and I love my carbs, but I usually have pasta even if I'm not racing for two hours the night before. But I have heard this, I do believe in it, that when you're running a marathon or something over two hours, you should have carbs. And it's not scientifically proven that, or it's you know shown that it's not really needed the night before for a shorter race but doesn't mean you can't do it i always love having pasta nights before my races and i know some teams of mine have made it into a tradition to kind of have a pasta night before so always good idea to have some carbs especially when you're doing those longer races the night before don't have to worry about making it such a big ordeal if you're running a shorter race like the 5k that we're going to help you train for right now like i said some of this podcast is for some of those those of you that are kind of starting to get into the running into long distance running so we talk about the 5k And this one's kind of for those of you that maybe are trying to train from doing a couch to 5K, where it talks about finding that comfortable pace for you, whatever that might be if you're just starting out or if you're running, find a comfortable pace, try to stay on that pace and, you know, just make sure you can be able to talk. I know, I think we mentioned last week or maybe two weeks ago now about finding that pace where you're able to push, we're able to push, but also the conversation pace if you're running with someone you should be able to hold the conversation if you're doing that couch to 5k and you're just starting out don't be afraid to walk if you break it into smaller sections it might be more doable and may help you kind of get into the track of things i think no matter what distance you're running it's always important to 
find a pace that works for you and find that comfortable pace. And, you know, like I said, this is for beginners talking about that couch to 5K. You can find plans out there, but just try to get out there at least three times a week and just kind of get into the flow of things. You may not be able to run the whole distance that you start out with. I know when we talked about the mile and stuff, we talked about going shorter distances. If you need to start with running a mile each day to get yourself going, then do it. Half mile, whatever it is. But just try to get yourself into the routine of running or jogging or whatever it is and then start to build up your base. We talked about that in other races before, building up a base and getting stuff underneath you. But all it takes is to get out the door and start the first day. And once you do it once, then, you know, one day leads to two days, which leads to three days. Before you know it, you'll be running four, five, six days, sometimes even a week straight if you really get into it. But it takes the first initiative to get off the couch and go do that first day and just run for a little bit. It doesn't have to be a long time, but if you want to run a 5K or any road race for that matter, it's got to be the, the initiative to get out there and at least run for the first little bit doesn't have to be long but just get out there and start and give it a try one thing that it talks about and we kind of mentioned this last week with doing some dynamic stretching last week with the high knees and karaoke and stuff like that is your pre-run routine and I think we talked about warming up and doing stretching and stuff might have been in the two mile or maybe even the mile before you do a workout you need to do some stretching but you got to get that blood flow going. And there's really been a trend the last few years of getting rid of that static stretching. It really doesn't help you out. Static stretching, if anything, is more for after running. You got to get that blood flow going. So do a little warm up, run for two, three minutes, get your blood flowing. Then do some things like walking lunges, butt kicks, high knees, uh, straight leg kicks, stretching your hamstring. This all will help, will help you with your flexibility and prevent injuries and help get yourself loose and ready to go. So if you're doing a workout or just going for a run, that it can all help you there in that as well. And if you prevent injuries and you keep yourself stretched out and and loose, then it's going to help you run faster and better as well. So with that being said, we're going to move into our last little bit. And that's going to be once again to hit our social media. Uh, we are on Instagram at Believe in the Long Run. We're found on Twitter at The Long Run 5. Be sure to like, share, and follow on our social media. Be, feel free to leave comments or questions, maybe something you like, dislike, or questions you may have about long distance running, training gear, training strategies, training plans stories you may hear good things you know if you hear about a good story or something you want to share at the podcast feel free to reach out to that as well and like i said we're going to try i'm going to do my best to figure out the poll situation i want to get a poll out there get some try to spark some listener feedback on did you do things for global running day did you and what what running shoes you guys use so look for those two polls to come out. It's going to be in a short time span because I recorded this podcast so late. So look for those polls to get up. Maybe we'll have to put one up this week and one up next week after the next podcast airs. We'll see. But I want to get at least one of the polls up here for you to get some listener feedback, try to get some interaction going. And then, of course, you can always find all of our podcasts on your favorite podcast platform, whether that's our host at Believe.com. Or you can find us on Google Play, Apple iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. 
and looks like the temperatures have cooled down here the last couple of days in northern Michigan. It's going to be some beautiful running weather today. I like it a little cooler. So I'm going to get out there. Didn't feel so hot on my run yesterday, but I'm going to get out there and get back to it today. It's a great thing about running is every day is a new day, and you can get out there and try it again. So I'm going to get out there, go for my run. I encourage you to get out there, whether you're it's your first day running or your 1,000th day running. Get out there, go for a run today, and it'll be a short week, but I'll see you next week. Thank you for being patient. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Looking for some viewer feedback and comments, and we'll see you next week. Everyone stay safe and be careful out there, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.